Welcome to this latest edition of the Real Deal Podcast, episode 811. Of course, as I am Surreal Gerald Quinn on this special Super Bowl Sunday edition, but we're not going to be talking about the Super Bowl. This is something that's even more important. Two things are more important. One, two very special guests here. One of them you may have heard of because we do a show every week. Robert Sapp. Hey. And a third guest, a second guest. We have a, you might have heard of him, but it's been a while. Been a minute. The uh, Nick Insider, self-proclaimed Nick Insider, or depending on what game it is, Outsider, Chad Quinn. Hey, <laughs> we back. The boys are back. And what you, yeah, you, you might be willing to ask, you might be asking yourself, what would bring the boys back on a Sunday afternoon? Well, it's the NBA, and there was there was a trade a couple of days ago that uh, took place between the Brooklyn Nets and the Philadelphia 76ers that I'm sure by now you've heard, you know, a zillion takes on it, but we have our own unique perspective on this particular trade. Um, James Harden, James Harden, of course, was traded to the Sixers, uh, and the Sixers get James Harden and Paul Millsap. Millsap, of course, was a throw-in. And the next, of course, get Ben Simmons, Seth Curry, Andre Drummond, 2022-2027 first-round picks, which could be swapped for 2023 or 2028. But whatever with the draft picks. It's about Harden and Ben Simmons. What were the initial reactions when this trade was made official? We did two hours on this, Chad. It's all you. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Nah, okay. I'll keep it brief. My initial reaction was just relief. I actually got tired of hearing about Simmons all season, and I got tired of hearing about uh, Harden's discontent the last two weeks. So I'm like, can they just please make something happen? So uh, when I looked at the trade, I looked at the Nets as a clear winner. Um, I feel like you, the Sixers, although it, it looks good on paper with Harden and, and Embiid, they gave up a whole lot for someone who's not even a proven winner. Um so for the Nets to get three starters and Ben Simmons, Curry, and Drummond, along with two draft picks, um, and people talk all, all about what Simmons can't do, but I'm like, he's not going, he's not coming to the Nets to be Simmons from the Sixers. Is Kyrie is Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant's team? So I feel like this is the best case scenario for Simmons to just play ball. Um, so yeah, those are my initial thoughts. All right, so um, gave all the thoughts. This this is the thing I've been thinking the most about since since this trade has happened. Um, I because I agree, and not only do I agree that Philly won the trade, but I said this with you, real. I was like, yo, they no, he said he said the Nets won the they trade. They fleeced them. Oh, I mean, that's what I meant. Nets won the trade. Um, the Nets fleeced them. They fleeced them. And so then my only, the only part of this that I can make this make sense to me is that um, James Harden morally made this thing happen behind the scenes and they just in any way, like make it happen in any way possible. And that's the only reason this makes, if more, if, if uh, Daryl Morey, is it Morley, Morey or Morley? Morey, Morey. Whatever. Yeah, whatever. You know, you know what you're talking about. 
if Daryl Morey is the genius that he is, then I don't understand this trade at all, the different components of it. But if you throw in James Harden's wants and needs and that they're boys, then this trade makes all the sense in the world from a manipulative standpoint. And then where's the NBA? That's all I'm saying. So... Uh, I've been, you know, hearing about who won the trade, who lost the trade. It's been, I mean, it's, it's amazing. Um, I've heard both sides in, as far as that. First of all, as of right now, no one won the trade because we don't know what this is going to look like on paper. We don't know the season has been played out. So nobody won. won nobody won the trade um, from that standpoint. If you did, if you, no, I'm about to say New Jersey. Well, if you're the Brooklyn Nets, this is a colossal. Not this trade, but this whole. You look at the Harden era, the Harden era in Brooklyn, what they gave up to get Harden, and the fact that he's not on the team no more. Is this is a colossal embarrassment to your organization? There's all there's no two ways about it. Yes, you end up getting Ben Simmons. Yes, you end up getting Ben Simmons. You got you get some nice pieces, cool, but you have to. We have to go back to last year, to 2021, January 2021, when Harden was dealt. You got Harden. You traded away Jared Allen, who's a borderline All Star. You traded away seven draft, seven first round draft picks, along with Karis Avert. So you had to, you can't forget about what they gave up to get a guy who was in essence on the team for one postseason and for a year. So from that, from an organizational standpoint, that is a, a, a utter embarrassment from the organizational standpoint. Um, I'm just fascinated by the fact that. We've never seen a trade like this in regards to two teams trading players who don't want to be there, who did not want to be there anymore, and who quit on their team. In essence, quit on their teams for different reasons. Um, so, I, again, I'm not we'll, – we'll wait to see how this thing plays out. I honestly don't know how accurate that is, though, real. What do you mean? Which, which part? Did Simmons quit on his team? Yes, he he one thousand percent quit. He should be playing. He, he yes, he hasn't played in nine months. He quit. Yes, he quit. He should be playing. I I and again I understand, but I understand what the Sixers embarrassed him after that playoff series. But no, he should be on the court. He hasn't played in nine months. He's refused to play. He, yes, that's quitting. What else? What else would you call it? I yes, think that he quit. I, I, I hear what you're saying. I think the distinction is I, I, if I'm Ben Simmons, don't call me hard. We we there's levels of quitting. Okay. Like, let's be very clear. So being discontent with your organization for when, you know, the, the Simmons reasons have been listed. The curious thing I have with Harden is there's never a rhyme or reason to his quitting. Like, this is what, the third time he's quit? He, yes. he quit it with the, the, with the first time he quit with Houston was with Chris Paul already. He just didn't want that situation. So that's a different way of quitting. Then he quit the second time he got fat and he stayed fat. We, we're looking at the fat hardened version. Like I remember when Martin gained all that weight, he was never as funny. Um, <laughs> and, and that's what I'm looking at. This James Harden post weight. James Harden is a scary, unpredictable creature. And the one thing I'll add to your last wait, point, hold on really quickly. So yes. whatever superpower you have, if you gain a large amount of weight in a short period of time. It's a wrap. <laughs> it's a wrap. It's a wrap. Comedy, basketball, teaching. It don't matter. And if you never lose that weight, the superpower never comes back. Never returns. I, I swear to you, we used to, when Martin, we kept like come back. 
and we would watch these trailers. And the first thing I say, is he fat in the trailer? Because if he's fat still, I don't want to see the movie. But anyway. I will say Marlon Brando is never the same after you gain all that. No, no, that's a good one. There's some truth here. But surreal, to your point about all of the Nets gave away initially with Harden, that only furthers why this trade looks so crazy for me from the Sixers standpoint, because you're in actuality doing the same thing the Nets just did. Just did. Like you're, you're literally doing what they just did for that player. Like people continue to give up everything for Harden. We saw all the Lakers. I, I don't think, I'll be honest with you. I'm looking at, and I'm just looking at it now. I like Seth Curry, Andre Drummond to, in those first round picks. I, they kept, they kept Maxi. They kept, kept Ibo. They kept Tobias Harris. There's, there's there's a lot there on that team. I mean, I I, I like Seth Curry. Andre Drummond is a backup center at this point. I don't think that I don't think the haul is as bad as 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 you're making it out to be. I mean, I'm just be perfectly honest with you. What, what I'm looking at now, you didn't have to give up Maxi or Thibel. and that initially initially weeks ago or at the beginning of the season when we, when when it was discussed about this, automatically people were talking about Maxi and, and Thibel, if not both. Not time out. Time out. Time out. So this is not. Dude, out, don't don't make this hard. Don't yeah. don't be. No. An hour. Don't it. be. Don't be this. It. Don't be this analytical person when we talk about Thibault. Okay, I'm so tired of everybody talking about Thibault like he's the greatest player all of a sudden. Yes, he's a great defender. Right. Maxie, right. I'll give you. Thibault averages about four points and three rebounds. I'm not worried about no Thibault and no deal. Okay. Yes, he's a good defender. Yada yada yada. I'm simply saying, all that you gave up. You're gambling for this year. I look at, I told you this before. Embiid, African, I love, you know, love everybody listening out there. Embiid is about 53 years old. Okay. Embiid is about 53, and James Harden is fat. So you're really looking for them to win within the next two years. Yeah, it's a two year window. This is a, a, a two year window. That's yeah, Whereas that's the Nets are set up for the now and the future. That's the are biggest they? difference. Are they? Are I believe they? so, yes. Okay. Simmons okay. is seven years younger than your heart. Yes, definitely. He is. You you trust Simmons moving forward? I do. I mean, okay. listen, before this is what <laughs> happens. When, this, this is the danger of narratives. Before this offseason, was Simmons ever considered a malcontent? No. There's not a, even a pattern or history of this. So what happens is when their situation takes place, the narrative becomes so big that we don't trust this person. Well, how about no, I, let's 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 eliminate the malcontent because I, I don't think he's a like a, hey, I mean, he's not a hardened level. Nobody's hardened level. Let's let's hardens on his own level. But let's. What about the ideal that he does not is scared to shoot the basketball. That 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 part or how what what is his commitment to or his basketball? Where is he at mentally? And we don't know that right now. We don't. Who are we talking about? Talking Simmons? about Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons. All right, hold on. I, I can get in here and clear some of this. I did. I did. I truly did. All right. So um. All right, we're all professionals. We've all lived on this planet for a little bit of time, correct? Yeah, so sorry. here's 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 the difference to me. And we we talked about this when it happened at the end of that playoff game, where and let's like what I mean by this, we've seen sports in all of its different forms. This won't be the first time or the last time that a player comes up small in a moment. Okay, that is what it is. It happens all of the time, all the time. What made this one uniquely different was that 
your head coach, if, if I'm coming from Ben Simmons' perspective, I fucked up, right? Messed up on me. I own it. I'm the worst for doing that. Okay. That's one thing. Your head, my head coach and the best player, the person who's supposed to have my back on that court, both throw me under the bus immediately after the worst moment of my life. Publicly. Correct. Immediately. That's the difference. That is the difference. So, so that's why I'm saying, like, all this stuff about Benson committed, da, 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 all these different things, that narrative came out after this one moment. Look, again, we get teammates not getting along. We get players not getting along with the, the head coach. All those things is embedded in sports, has been embedded in sports since the creation of sports. None of that is different. Nothing that's going on in the situation is different. The singular thing that turned this was that they both threw him under the bus at the end of that press conference. That doesn't happen. We're not in this situation right now. Let's keep it all the way real. Let's stop doing this. Let's stop letting narratives that are just created to create a situation be the defining factor of this. When we break this all the way down into its simplest form, it is essentially this. You had one player who was upset at his team and would not let the team bully him into playing. On the opposite side, you've gotten a player who has gotten everything they have ever wanted. Everything. Everything. The list, the laundry list of great players he's been afforded of playing with I'm talking about Harden, is significant. And in every stop, something goes wrong. And in the past two stops, the something going wrong has been him being like, this situation no longer suits me for whatever reason. And the way I'm going to handle that, this situation that no longer suits that I independently decide no longer suits me, even though everything I wanted initially was in the situation that's why i'm there this situation no longer suits me for my reasons therefore i'm gonna not stop playing i'm going to stop trying which to me is way more insidious than now it's not even the same universe to be honest with you. um is way the difference between uh the organization has clearly told me they hate me versus I'm just going to eat and not practice and <laughs> maybe show up to a game and maybe go play. Those uh, are two different I want to I discuss what like kind of led up to this. I want to discuss both organizations in a sense, and we me and Sap talked about this on a previous podcast. Both of these organizations are in a sense getting what they deserve. Um, the cultures that have, been, that have been cultivated by both of these organizations to put themselves in this position um uh to have to to have to do this deal because both both of these deals had to be made um both of these deals had to be made and both of these deals make perfect make sense whether regardless of what the outcome is these 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 neither one of these teams the way they were are currently constructed we're going to we're going we're going anywhere they still may go they still might not go anywhere to be honest with you we'll see but both of these deals had to be made what about this what about these cultures between these two teams and uh that have been you know that that forced that kind of forced this deal to be made or put the, put themselves in a position to where they had to make a deal like this 
I mean, I think that you the, the key word is culture, right? I don't think that either really you got teams trying to do what's outside of what they are, right? Like Philly's always been known to be a blue collar city town with sports politics with everything um they're not the heat they're not the lakers but they're going for the sexy pick i was talking to my brother-in-law who's a sixers fan i said the perfect fit was you know we can retroactively go back is getting kyle lowry from philly who's a born leader that's the fit but this this thing that they're doing that hasn't been working in the nba um of putting these super teams together and the same thing with the Nets. You know, I'm a Knicks insider, yes, but everybody knows that the thought was Jay-Z and, and Brooklyn, they were going to take over uh, New York, and it never happened. Uh, Brooklyn still has, majority of the times, the big stars come, they're rooting for them over their own home team. So neither team has really established a very strong culture. Uh, it's going to be interesting because Philly's known to be workhorse and you're bringing in someone who don't work. <laughs> so um, uh, that's and I, I and I want to go back really quickly, Surreal. When you asked about um, do I trust Ben Simmons, uh, I'm always going to trust trust somebody younger than change than someone older. Right. Because some of it's semantics. People talk about Kyrie unvaccinated being um, a part time player when uh, Kawhi Leonard plays. He's a part time player. Right. He takes a lot of days off. Right. So when I think about people not showing up, Simmons is scared to shoot. That's what's shown in the last playoffs. Harden shoots, but he just misses. Like we're not even talk. We talk a lot about how many times Harden's quit. But let's talk about how many failures, period, in the playoffs. So you ever ask me a question, who do you trust more? I'm going to give it to youth. Like I've seen enough patterns of James Harden quitting. And just choking to say that, nah, this ain't it, you know. And when you look at who won the last championship or who was in the finals, uh, going back to your uh, culture question, the Phoenix Suns, the Milwaukee Bucks, right? Now, I think we're in a day and time where the NBA is different. I think the healthiest team has the best shots. But even when you said the Nets or the Sixers may still be out on the other side of things, I'm assuming because we're talking about what they would have to go through. You still got Miami. You still got the Bucks. You still got Toronto. Strong team, strong culture, no big three sexy stuff. Like that was something that happened, but I think we're past that and they're still trying to force it. So. Yeah, I, I, I like that and I agree with that. I think that that probably is the summary of this whole experience is that um, – is exactly what you said. Like that, the this feels like closing the book on that era. It really does. Um, and um, within that is, I think, a closing of of the book on certain types of players. The reason why it seems to me that that teams can't get away from James Harden is because they're always thinking about the potential of Harden mm -hmm, mm -hmm. rather than the reality of him. And that mm -hmm. used to be a thought process amongst the NBA execs. You know, um, Chad, you always bring up certain individuals in conversations. In sports conversations, I have to bring up the process every single time. 
it was the most detrimental thing <laughs> right that has ever happened in my yeah. humble opinion yes um, <laughs> part of that part of that is um that idea of always on potential me as the executive somebody who's not cannot impact the game on the court the only way i can string out or ensure my longevity in lieu of winning, in lieu of actually doing my job, um, is to then to create and foster this notion of potential. Always next year, always da da da. Always we got assets, assets, assets that will pay off at some undetermined time in the future. The bills come due for Philly. We we understand that, um, but more so. Um, that's why I keep looking at this Daryl Morey thing and being like, why does he get to skate on this? Why does he get to skate? Why do we get to be like now, like, oh, um, uh, uh, this person didn't go in here, this person didn't go in here. The simple fact of the matter is for an aging, proven non-winner, he'll get you a lot of points every once in a while. A lot of times. Let me be fair to James Hart. Get <laughs> you a lot of points. Um, but in terms of uh, of somebody who will impact your team positively, way, 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 way down. Um, and then on top of that, then you give up a slew of other assets. So it's not only what you're giving up, it's what you're bringing in. So I keep wondering why he gets to skate, why he gets to skate on this. And so um, to bring it back to, to your point, Chad, it's just like this, this, that era is gone. And the fact that it is something that is being kind of like forced and hoist upon different or, or teams are, are trying to shoehorn this in. I think the result, I think this is also not only the closing of the book, but the end result of this, where you have a trade where you have two teams come together in a situation and create a trade that doesn't actually makes sense in the traditional way of like I want to make a team I'm going to competitive be competed with better or reinvigorated or anything like that. Um because we are in a situation where we are forcing something that doesn't that that is passe for lack of a better word. So the big three no more for in terms of Brooklyn. Uh, they only played 16 games together. Uh, they were 13 and 3 in those games. They had one playoff series. That was the Boston series before James Harden uh, got hurt in game one of the Eastern Conference semis against Milwaukee. Um, he returned, but was never the same. Of course, Kyrie Irving got hurt in game four of that series. Uh, again, it's really remarkable to think where we were at, like, this time last May, we're watching this team. They go through Boston. They are despite despite Harden's injury in the first couple games of Milwaukee. They roll. They're rolling Milwaukee two zero, and we're thinking to ourselves at that point it's like not just one championship. But with the, how many how many championships are they going to get? Because this team is unstoppable, and now you have no Harden, part time Kyrie, and Durant is recovering with a knee injury. Um, what are your thoughts on what could have been with this with their with their big three? I'll go. I'll lead off. Go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. I'll go off on this one. I I 
was listening to another podcast and they and when they were talking about it was like a Brooklyn Nets centered one. And um what they were like one description I really liked was like this was like a fever dream. 30 years from now, 40 or 50, whatever, um people who did not live through this will look back and be like, this is something that actually happened. Um, and it will it will be one of the great mystery what ifs what you know of the of the of the NBA. Um, so who knows what could, this could have been? Quite honestly, who knows what this could have been? We were debating it in real time at the time. You know, is it possible to have just all offense dominate and win you win you a championship? We were all intrigued to see if it could happen. But here's the simple fact of the matter. And this is where I come down on Philly and Brooklyn. This is why I come down on both of them. You certain, this is why I loved your point so much, Chad, in terms of force, forcing a situation. Um, you tried to skip the line. Both of you tried to skip the line. You did not want to do the things that make franchises successful, that build winning championship teams what you wanted to do was get all of it at once and then get that championship so i think what this has said wrapped up in that question what could have been is should this have ever even happened mm, mm. that's good that's good and so yeah what what i remember that trade when Harden came to Brooklyn, I'm just like, man, I really like those pieces <laughs> that they just traded away. Like, I in my head, I'm like, man, that doesn't feel like that's a net positive. Like, you give the franchise, you give everybody the benefit of the doubt because they're the professionals. They do this for a living. Um, and I'm just somebody on the couch. Um, and so I'm just like, okay, well, let's see how this works works out. But in my, in my mind's eye, while I'm thinking about this, it's just like um, – you do need a team in a team sport. Like, that's kind of important. Um, you do need other players to understand their roles and be able to do those roles at a high level. Okay, everybody be James Harden, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving? Absolutely not. But there's a reason why there are, um, there are defensive stoppers who don't need the ball, right? There's a reason why you have all these different components on your team so that you're able to weather all the various different storms of an NBA season. So, yeah, it sounds great on paper to be like, we're going to get three stars and, have, and we can roll out, you know, a cat and a dog to be, to be <laughs> the center and whatever, you know. Um, and, and no, because injuries are part of the game. They're part of the game. It's like a 100% injury rate. It's yep. just a matter of when. So when you sacrifice depth and um competence for another player and that player goes out that's why i was like wait we cannot be like we got the big three we got three people together three superstars together in order to guarantee this championship to get this championship then one of them go down and we're all like well we could still win with two no you traded everybody away to get that third no you can't win so um i say that to say uh um, this, this is something that I don't think ever should have happened. This is overreaching. And it's, I mean, the, the result, the end result in history will bear this out, of course. 
Um, so I want to dance on the grave of this right now. Um, but uh, I, I think in both franchises' perspectives, um, when they when they really deep dive on this and think about this, um, it becomes about, all right, well, what is it that we need to do to build? It should become, what is it that we need to do to build a successful team? Not how many superstars can we get together at one time? And, and let me, I, I agree with that completely, man. I, let me add to that. So I think, <laughs> Sab, this reminds me of us building our super teams, playing video games back yeah. in the day. Yep. And I feel like these GMs today, they're just playing video games, yep. you know, and that leads to this level of greed. Uh, Real, you brought up Jared Allen, but you also, you know, and Karis LeVert and Dinwiddie, right? There's only one ball. Um, so you got these players. What we didn't mention, you also had to upgrade the coach. Steve Nash, Steve Nash came in out of nowhere, right? All of these things were happening at the same time where you already had something good already going. And I remember when me and Robbie be on his winning streaks playing these video games, he was like, ooh, but what if we get this person? Because we would just play with it and say, ooh, they'll do this trade. <laughs> now, we don't want 20 games right. in a row. We don't want 20 right. games in a row already. But it's like, <laughs> ooh, but if we do this, and I would say 90% of the trades we did were great. But every once in a while, we would do a trade that felt like it was going to be good, and the chemistry wasn't there, and it was off. So you have three players who have asterisks around their character, both physically and emotionally, that you're putting together. Harden, Kyrie, and, 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 um, and, and Durant, for all different reasons, physical and emotional asterisks you're going to put together in a situation with the unexperienced, never coached, but he was a great point guard. That was always the argument everybody said. <laughs> and roll it out there. The one thing I will say, yes, it shouldn't have been done, but I did like it temporarily because there were so many naysayers. But when they got on the court, I love, I, I like being wrong every once in a while. And they shut the world up. It was just like, ooh, okay. But to your point there, I think when we look at it, it's different because everyone tried to analogize this with the heat at first. I said the heat was a totally different thing. It was new, but also the people involved were totally different. And that goes back to my asterisks physically and emotionally. Physically, hard, um, LeBron, Wade, Bosch, no injuries. Emotionally strong character, no problem sacrificing anything. So it's like this already was set up to be a huge risk that wasn't worth it. And as you saw, and you know, um, the underlining themes of Harden, it wasn't just with Kyrie, it was with Durant. It was just like, oh, I wasn't, I didn't come here to work and be the man. I came here to get this easy chip. So it's like when you get somebody that you know has that mentality, do, do we think that it's gonna be an easy chip in Philly? You know, I'm very, I'm really it's like we need to do some psychoanalysis before we get these trades approved of these players and GMs. That look, and you yeah. said it, you said it 100 correct. I'm gonna piggyback off of that. Like, like I think about this. This, this, this is an epic trade, and it's an epic trade because it involves factors that you have to consider way before you get to on the court, way before. So I get that you want to get to who wants to trade Surreal and who are the different components and everything like that. 
we that's not the starting point. That's that's actually the 80th point on, on this thing. Um, because of the psychological component. I'll, I'll bring an analogy in here that won't make a lot of sense at first, but just bear with me. Um, so one of the things, one of the one of the things the pandemic has given me is I've given gotten into um specific types of uh shows and one of the shows that that i've gotten to is called um uh air disasters and they analyze um different plane crashes and why they happen um it works for my brain um don't ask me why but in this in this um one of the things was that they looked at um uh a particular way in which um some planes were um being uh, why certain why certain crashes were happening? Why certain crashes were happening? And um, a big part of it, they realized, was human error. And then, of course, then when they dived into it, they were like, "Well, of course, the pilot doesn't want to crash the plane. Of course, that's not the, what's going on. So, why are certain human errors going in?" And then they identified, "Wait, we need a whole." segment of our investigation we need experts that just analyze why humans do the things that they do because it's causing the crash but we don't know what's going on with there and so i liken that to like what's going on in a trade like this with personalities like these before you go into the schematics of will he work at the four we work at the cut everything like this and all that the first thing that needs to be analyzed is the human factors in this. Like we think about like Kyrie, Kyrie's a complex person, but not really, he's just a person. Like right. you and me, we're all going through these complex emotions with what's going on in the world. He just happens to play basketball in Brooklyn on a high stage. And so it's like, instead of let's pigeonhole and put like everybody, you gotta play basketball in this position every, every way. And as we see, particularly like with the, the net situation, the reasons why people play basketball and good at basketball and want to be successful or want to get on the court are completely different, completely different. And we're probably not putting the genie back in the bottle of you listen to your head coach and you play just to win these games because the fans want you to and because you structure your contract. Yeah, we're not putting that genie back in the bottle. And so without that, genie being in that bottle then we need to honor and consider who these people are as human beings and how that actually approaches towards team building and so i think if there's any type of lesson learned from this situation it definitely does need to be lessons learned from this situation is that not only do we need to consider what they'll be able to do for us off the court i mean on the court but we need to consider their thoughts, feelings, emotions, and abilities as human beings off that court to find the best maximum fit. I'm, I'm glad you I'm glad you brought that up. Will the NBA learn from these from this from these two situations in terms of character and and, and uh intangibles? Because we always no. hear talent rules out. <laughs> I, my answer is probably not. No, the answer's no. The answer's no because I think that you know the NBA is still a business, yeah. right? So the business, like, yes, part of it is to win championships. But more is just to make money. Yeah. And I think that, like, 
even I, even you think about social media a couple years ago and its influence on film and TV, right? People got more caught up in the experience than actual the content. Did you see the latest episode? And it's a shared experience. And I feel like that's what's happening um, the last few years in sports is that viral phenomenon of, yo, that's crazy. That So the talk is always big. It's always going to be the next sexy move, right? Because the majority of people won't get it, right? The only people to get it, get it, I would say by default. When I brought up Phoenix and Milwaukee, nobody even wants to go to Phoenix and Milwaukee. So <laughs> <laughs> you only gonna get team. Yeah. <laughs> oh, the, the, so yes. So to answer yeah. short, Indiana, Cleveland, uh, you know, certain Charlotte, certain teams. Yeah, they won't be getting the big three anytime soon, right? But I think as long as the Lakers and the big names can do what they do. They're going to continue to do what they do and just keep bumping their head against the wall. I, I have no evidence um, or any indication that people are getting it. I think maybe, if anything, hypothetically speaking, Milwaukee runs it back again and wins the second year in a row. Right? Because last year, people still don't give them all the credit. They're like, everybody got hurt. That it, if somehow a team like Milwaukee or our Phoenix wins this year, maybe. That's as much as I can give you. You have a history now. Uh, Nets have been added to this history of super team failures. When you see this list right here, you're not gonna put 2022. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They they will be on there when the season's over. Okay. They will be on here. Yeah, they will be on All here. Because right. you can put them right by yes. the net. Yes. Oh, absolutely. They will, they will, <laughs> one thousand percent will be on there. But the season, the uh, season is not I over. Don't, I don't see them on there. That's the problem. I know, but the season's not over. Uh, <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So hope. Okay. All right, guys. So Gotta there's it, still hope. Still hold it out. That was going on. I want you to. I want you to make your intentions known right now. So we're still believing they're going to win a championship. I don't. I do not believe they're going to win a championship. Oh. No. Do you think they're going to the playoffs? Yes, I think they'll be. Okay. The okay. They'll be in the playing okay. game. Yes. yes. Playing game. All right. Yep. Heard it here first. Oh wait, really quickly. When will their name appear on this list? Probably, maybe after the playing game. <laughs> okay. Right. okay, after the playing game. <laughs> right. just, just checking. Oh no, 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 no! If there's a if there's a injury, if there's an if there's an injury to AD or LeBron, then I'll put that on the list. Okay. We, I, we, we're one injury away from being out the playing period. <laughs> All right, All right man. Just want, just want to double check. I was confused. So that's how 21-22 Nets <laughs> And the season's not over, like you said. No, but the Nets thing is officially, they, their big three is officially done. That's right. why. Right, got you, yeah. got you, got you. So. Okay. okay. So you look at all these all these teams, a lot of Lakers. <laughs> a lot of them, yep. <laughs> so many of them. A lot of Lakers and, and with the Rockets. Um, I, I remember I, that era. The Rockets didn't have no clue what they were doing. Yeah, There's they had. Well, there were two iterations of that. They had uh, the first iteration was. You won championship. Come out team. You had Barkley. It was Barkley, yes. Elijahwan, and uh, oh. Barkley, Barkley, Elijahwan, and Drexler. That was the first one. Then the second one was Barkley, Elijahwan, and Pippen. 
So that, yeah. yeah, I don't even. That's not even fair, man. These dudes is old, man. <laughs> not, that's not fair. <laughs> oh, he just said wanted to be Lakers, all Lakers on that list. No, you you cannot blame. Ain't nobody, it. ain't nobody in history of ever said the Rockets were a super team. Come on, man. You know, that's that's like saying, they, they, all those dudes are Hall of Famers. That, that's a super team. Uh, that's an old oh, super team. okay. They yeah, Hall of Famers. Sure. Okay. All right. Super <laughs> Lakers super team failures. Well, it, well, in that case, put the Knicks on there. Put the Knicks on there because we had Rasheed Wallace and Jason Kidd with Carmelo Anthony <laughs> one year. <laughs> Come on, man. The Rockets. I'm not even going to be mad at the Rockets for trying. The Rockets are just trying to do something, man. <laughs> Yo, this list is hilarious. <laughs> Worst team on this list has to be ooh, well the Nets, but um, yeah, 2013 Lakers. That's with Steve Nash, right? Yeah, that was a Nash, Gasol, Kobe, and uh, Dwight Howard. I'm just mad at Nash stole that money. <laughs> that's what I'm mad about out. that team. He, he stole just... that money with his bad back. So I, that's not even fair. That's 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 another asterisk in white America that someone needs to take blame for. <laughs> Um, the 2004 Lakers. Yeah, that's the one. That's the one. I will say this though, in all fairness to them, they did get to the finals. Um, so their arrogance and the turmoil inside, I think caused, they easily were the best team. So I guess that one hurts the most because they definitely should have won. You know, they definitely. That's, that's why that one hurts, and that's uh hurts. Yeah, stands. I that's my my favorite NBA Finals of all time. I I love that Finals. I love rewatching that Finals. It makes me. <laughs> um, so, but the reason it does, to your point, is because the Lakers were the better team. Period. In the story. Um, and so yeah, so like when we start when we start now parceling out these super teams and their successes and failures um i think that is an important an important distinguish distinguishing factor um and will absolutely distinguish them to the 21 22 nets what are our predictions for the nets and the sixers moving now and moving forward what what does this produce what does one of these teams win a championship does one of these teams even get to the finals in the next two years what, what do we foresee happening we have to talk about the human factors first. Yep. Cause I can't like I like assuming I assuming everybody's on the court. No, 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 no. We're not doing see, that's ridiculous. We can't assume anything with this group of people. It's ridiculous to assume everything's gonna be okay. That's ridiculous. No, I say so, everything's gonna be okay. Let's say every let's say everybody plays. That's ridiculous as well. <laughs> so I'm not doing that. I'm not playing fantasy lane. I'm not, 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 no, I'm not doing that. Um, because that's just not gonna happen. It just isn't possible. So um here's here's how I'll frame it. I think in the short term, it will look better for Philly. I think they I think the will and the knowledge of of particularly particularly from James Harden organizationally of how he wants to play and how he wants to initially endear himself. This is what I would say. With every James Harden stop, the first four to six months is fairly good. It's fairly good. He's trying. He's trying. So I don't expect too much 
bumps in the road until they lose in the playoffs. Then, then, then all the bumps will start happening at that point in time. Um, so I think, I think initially this flows well for Philly. Does it end in a championship? Absolutely not. Um, long term, though, I think the basketball acumen in Brooklyn is so very high. It's so very high. If the human factor element of they really truly want, and that's the difference between the heat and what we're talking about now, that they truly want to figure it out with each other. We want each other to be successful. We want this championship. Like, we really want this. Then I love the basketball action. I love the way things can potentially fit in Brooklyn for years to come. This Philly thing is one to two years, and that's it. Um, I love what could be set up in, in Brooklyn. But again, it's almost impossible to diagnose this in any real type of way. Outside of just like if this was live and these were just automated things I could control, um, outside of that, it without thinking about the human element and taking in full consideration of the human element, it almost makes it impossible to predict what will happen. But those are the two places I land with it. It will look good in Philly for the short term. It'll turn out horrible. There's no, there's no doubt in my mind on that one. If the players in Brooklyn really, truly want this for each other and for the team, I love how they're set up. Yeah, I concur 100 uh, percent. Me and Sap talked about this briefly. But, yeah, so James Harden, to your point, to the talented Mr. Ripley fans out there, he's Dickie Greenleaf, right? You know what I mean? <laughs> right away, it's all about you, and then he's ghost. You know what I mean? So, yes, initially – uh and he's you know and not even just about me and malcontent it's just a regular season that's his time to shine yeah he's a regular season player even when he's happy or unhappy but then playoffs ooh, we not playoffs you know what i'm saying so short-term philly um long-term possibility the nets i keep hearing people talking about a man a motivated james harden i'll take a motivated healthy kevin durant any day over motivated uh James Harden. Um, so it, it's going to be interesting. Like Rob said, there's so many different factors um that we don't know. Uh, we don't know how true, even when we talk about Ben Simmons' mental health, we don't even know if that's a real thing. And I'm not saying that <laughs> be clear, mental health is a real thing. I know he didn't want to be in Philly anymore. I don't know how hurt he is psychologically um or what he's dealing with. And that's, there's a lot of things that we just don't know. We don't know what type of shape he's in. We don't know the first time he's actually going to play ball, all of those things. But I think my prediction for this year is that neither team wins. No. Right? I know that. I, I don't think that much. I'm not betting on either team to win or necessarily even get to the conference finals. No. Um. So I think this is going to be one of those things that is going to have to play out for the next few years, even kind of like very similar to the Trey Long, Trey Young, Luka Don, Donich, um, you know, scenario. On paper, one looks a lot better, but one got further in the play. Uh, we don't know. The story is still being written. Um, so it will be interesting. But if I'm just somebody going off of the past to predict the future, I have a little more hope with the Nets. 
Yeah, I agree and with this that. Thing, these things don't happen in a vacuum, right? Like, right. it's like, it's not like these other teams who've been performing all year long no longer exist, right? Right. And it's like, give me the option as a team. Do I want to reconfigure my entire team in the mid in the middle of the season and think about success? Or do I want kind of like the long-term um what we've been what we've been building throughout the entire season. And so again, that's again, I think that mentality of we can just skip the line with talent is um is detrimental. And I think in this situation, even as the narrative starts to be written, and this is another problem I'm gonna I'm gonna state specifically these narratives. Um who says they're the favorite? I, a bunch of people say. Bunch that. people say the Nets are the favorite. Yes, doesn't matter. Here's the point. The yeah. point is that's a stupid ass narrative. That's just people running their mouths. But <laughs> for some reason, that gets locked into like that means they're the definitive favorite. Right. Why? Right. <laughs> what? Phoenix and Milwaukee don't exist. What have they done? At because they haven't been a hot effing mess and having players all over and doing all things. They're no longer the favorites. They're no longer a competent team. And so I guess I don't get why other teams, Brooklyn, Philly, get points for just doing moves all over the place. And these other teams get not for being consistently, just being consistent with their roster and their philosophy, even though wins and losses come as they come. Again, that's called sports. All right, so here, that's here. called sports forever. So – I guess what I'm saying is, even as I'm envisioning these two teams, neither one of these teams conference finals, neither one of these teams championship. I'm taking them out of that immediately because there's too much change that's happened. Maybe conference championships for Philly. Maybe that. Um, Here is the win. And this is the last thing that that I I want to say on this topic. Here is the win for all of us. And if the NBA is listening, I don't care. Cheat, whatever. Make this happen. Philly, Brooklyn playoffs. Series. That's it. That's their championship. Yep. That's what we yep. all need. That's what needs to happen. Outside of that, um, I don't have great hopes for either of these two teams this year. Yeah, I don't think I, – th- th- listen, they're not going to win. Neither one of these teams will win the championship this year. Um, Brooklyn still – I'm looking at the, the Vegas odds. Um, odds to win the championship. Vegas, Brooklyn's still the favorite tied with Golden State and Phoenix. So it's Brooklyn, Golden State, Phoenix – Milwaukee and Philly is the what is coming in at number five. Um, they have Philly ahead of Miami, which again I don't see, but that's more that's to the narrative thing that you were talking about because Miami is clearly a better team than Philadelphia. Um, I just I, I think both I think both these situations are end up going to be torpedo and fail miserably. I think Philadelphia's failure will be quicker. But I don't see I don't see the Brooklyn long term thing either because I I have to like I don't see that being a, a situation where I have confidence in that uh, agent Kevin Durant is great as great as he is when he's on the floor we starting to see these injuries starting to rack up uh, I don't know how the Kyrie situation is going to turn out they could I possibly they probably will trade him um, and we'll see in the off season who knows so I I really don't see long-term or short-term, either one of these situations work, working out. That's why that's why I'm just so fascinated by it because everybody has kind of skipped 
Um, it's kind of just forgot about everything, why this trade had to be made, and is immediately going to, like, why it's going to work. I've heard more of why this is going to work and why these teams are going to be exciting and contenders than I have in terms of why this actually happened and the reasons why this happened. So I'm, I'm just really fascinated by those by those narratives because people are just completely forgetting why or just dismissing um, everything that went into this in terms of why it happened. So I'm gonna, it's going to be entertaining, though. I'll be, I'll be glued to the television watching these teams once they get whole um, once they once Simmons and Harden get on the floor, Harden can play as early as Tuesday. Um, Simmons, I don't know. Um, we don't we don't know. That's you know, who knows? Uh, it'll be this season, but I mean, I don't. There's I don't know that there's no timetable. He still has to basically get in shape. Um, so, but it's great for the NBA. It's great for the it's, it's great for the league as far as uh, as far as entertainment and watchability value. So, Mar- March tenth. March 10th. I hope you – yes, March 10th. And that's they, in Philly. That's in Philly, in Philadelphia. So, hopefully, hopefully, Simmons will be back uh, for that game. Um, for that game. I, I would be – that would be that would be the game of the year as far as people watching. They and, might not need to let fans be at that game. <laughs> that might need to be a closed game. <laughs> for his own physical health. <laughs> oh, boy, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, I'm looking at yeah, I'm looking at Philly. I'm like, yeah, it's Harden, Doc Rivers, yeah. Okay, yep, yep. Dial Dial Morey. If I wait, Rob, to your point about the the uh, the um, the process, you know, Daryl Morey is a is a you know a mentee of one, I know. Sam Hinkie. That's his guy. That's his guy. I know. <laughs> I'm well aware. That is his guy. Well, fellas, I think we covered it all, and it is 157. So. We, cheers to us. We well, cheers to minutes. us. Fifty-seven I minutes. I, I think we just get old. I think we just get old. Maybe I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I gotta take a nap. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh man. man. Oh man. So no, no moves for the Knicks or Lakers though. No moves for those two teams. So ah, uh, and then Pat. Stand you gotta pat. end on a low note, don't you? you gotta end on a low note. <laughs> Stand with Pat. <laughs> We can never just just be happy with someone else's failures. Yep. Yep. So you know what? Maybe the Knicks are trying not to do the sexy stuff anymore. Maybe yep. we're trying to. We want to be a blue collar team so bad. <laughs> we just don't know how. We don't know how. <laughs> oh goodness! But um, one last one. The next disgruntled superstar is on the way. He's uh, he's in Utah right now. So that's the that is the oh, next one. I heard he wanted to come to Knicks yes. too. I heard he wanted to come to That's the that's the next one. That's the next. So be on the be on the lookout because they're they're that Rudy Gobert Mitchell thing never got worked out over Kobe. Yeah. That never. Yeah, they they hate each other. So that that one is going that that's that's good. That's going to happen. You're going to hear that about that in the off season. Hear about that throughout. Maybe even throughout the course of the rest of this rest of this regular season. So that that is he's the next guy that's gonna be like, yo, give me give me up out of here. So Here, here's my hot take, and I'm not even sure this even works out, but <laughs> I've always been suspicious of the Dwayne Wade Mitchell relationship. I've always been suspicious mm. of that. That it smell is always smelled to me like he's been recruited. Look, a superstar. In Salt Lake City, doesn't a, a black superstar <laughs> doesn't make it? Just doesn't nope. make it. That 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 was not long for this universe, um, unless Devin Mitchell was somebody else completely. And his, his and 
Grant and Wade Grunt. Oh, okay. So that sounds ignorant. Um, in my head, it sounded ignorant. Dwayne Wade's grooming him for Miami is the way I wanted to put that. Okay. Uh, so so I, I've just been suspicious that it seems like Dwayne Wade has been whispering in his ear to get him to Miami. That that is my hot take. That's that's how that's how. Uh, now that was before the, that was before a lot of other moves happened for Miami that that was going through in my mind. I'm not even sure if that works out, but when you say He's not long for Seattle, him and Gobert, sure, 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 whatever. I'm Seattle. I'm Salt Lake Utah, City, yeah. Utah. Um, then, then, yep. And then my immediate next place I go in my head is Miami. Him to yep. Miami. Yep. My All head. right. We we shall see. All right, fellas. Enjoy the reunion. We will check, you, right. out, check you out over the course of the season. We sure some things will some things will come up. It's the Let's NBA. have a March 10th show. The March 10th, yes. The March 10th. If, if Simmons plays, yes. The March 10th. If Simmons so. play hard Simmons, play, we got to do yeah, that. That's a caveat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, if they play. It's if a big they if. Play, if they play, if they if they're supposed to play in there. The NBA should mandate this is the one game you both will play. You know, kind of like how we have blackout days like that. That's a blackout. Yep, that's a blackout. Day. Day. You cannot call game. out this you day. You cannot get a mysterious hamstring injury or that game off from being your feelings that day. We're not doing any, Walmart, no man. COVID test this week. No, not nothing. 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 <laughs> <laughs> All right, fellas. All right. That's going to wrap it up for this latest edition of the Real Deal Podcast. I will see you next time. I will see you Wednesday as we break down Super Bowl 56. Hope everybody enjoys the rest of your day. So long.